Welcome to the Salem Alliance Church Podcast. To learn more about Salem Alliance, including gathering times and other resources, visit us online at salemalliance.org. Today's talk is given by Rob Basham. Morning, church. Again, good morning to those of you joining us on live stream. Hey, before I jump into a sermon today, I just want to just acknowledge the fact that for many of you in the room, this just is probably you're coming with some things that are hanging over you. Some of you uh, may have been evacuated from your houses this weekend. Some of you are watching alerts and wondering when you can go back. And so we just want to acknowledge that this morning. I want to pray about that. For some of us, that just brings back some stress even from two years ago and the larger fires that happened. Also, you may have awakened this morning and looked at your phone and realized that today is 9-11. It's a day that's heavy for many people who just can remember back to even losing loved ones or friends or friends of friends. And also, some of us come in today a little bit weary. Uh, school has launched again, a new school year, and some of you are teachers or administrators or you work in the school, and some of you are students and you're tired. Some of you are parents and your students didn't transition back as well as you wish, and some of you are parents that are overjoyed because your kids went back and they're out of the house and praise Jesus, right? But we all come with just, just ready to worship and encounter God, but we're carrying some things, and so this morning I just want to acknowledge that and launch with some prayer, so would you join me? Jesus, we declare that you are Lord of all through all, through the ups and through the downs, hills and the valleys. And so we just, just recenter ourselves on you this morning. For those in this room that are, are not even, are just houseless right now, wondering when some evacuations will end, I pray your peace that transcends all understanding upon them. I pray comfort over people. For those who are, are in our school system, I just pray just a new level of energy that they would even find rest today before they head back. We acknowledge what happened years ago on 9-11, Lord, and we just pray for continued protection for our nation, Lord, and we just thank you. We thank you because you are a good God, and we just lift up your name today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, we're kicking off a new series today, Life with Jesus Together and on Mission. And just as I talk to different people, many of you during our Gather on the Green through our, at our Family Gather series, we realize that many of you are new to Salem Alliance Church. And so this is our kickoff Sunday. Our ministries are kicking back off for a new year. And we just thought it would be a good time to remind you just of what our goal, our purpose is, our vision as a church is, what we collectively are working towards. And our vision here is a city at peace with God. You hear us talk about it all the time, but we take this vision serious, and we try to get towards that vision with our mission, which we exist to exalt Jesus Christ, become his fully devoted followers, and share his grace and truth with all people. We do that by declaring who he is, by demonstrating who he is through all sorts of different things that happen out of Salem Alliance, and we are just grateful that we are a community that is just continually pushing into our city, engaging with our city. We want to see peace here like we've never seen before. You've also heard us talking more and more over the last couple of weeks about these values that we have. We've kind of, these are kind of new to us at Sam Alliance, but these values are life with Jesus, life together, and life on mission. In the next three weeks, I just want to take us through these and talk about what we mean when we say these. But we believe as long as we focus on these, we will hit that vision of a city at peace with God. Many of you have already picked up our study guide. I want to encourage you, if you haven't, you can pick these up, dive deeper into scripture, do it community, but these are available in the lobby, and I encourage you to grab those. But as we begin another year of ministry here at Salem Alliance, our 101st, we are excited. We are excited, and we just center ourselves on these values. 
Life with Jesus. I define life with Jesus as our listening and our responding to creator God. It's the experiential and relational component of our faith with Father, with Jesus, and Holy Spirit. I think oftentimes when we talk about life with Jesus, we, we begin to focus on the disciplines, the disciplines, the spiritual disciplines. And I want to talk about that in a moment. But what I want to focus more on today is just the glory of who God is. See, as I was praying, even yesterday in my office, praying through my sermon, it was really interesting. I was taken back to, to my first job out of college and my first boss. My first boss was one of the most intimidating women you could possibly ever meet, the Dr. Reverend Josie Owens. She was, she was an African-American pastor in Boston. I was working for a school called Parkside, run by the Black Ministerial Alliance. Many of the kids that got kicked out of public school, this was their home. I was a science teacher for two years, got to teach science, loved it also realized I don't want to teach. Uh, it was just a great experience. And, and in this team, uh, Reverend Owens, Reverend Owens, she would gather the whole student body like once a month for this assembly. It, almost a chapel of sorts. It's where kind of the spiritual component would come in. And she would always lead these. And oftentimes we would like be ready and she just would not be there yet. It was like, why are you always late? I knew why she was late. She was in her office. She was on her knees just receiving whatever it was she was going to share with the students from God. And she would walk in late. She would open the door and come in the back and she would just go, glory, glory, glory. And for whatever reason, the manifest presence of God would generally fall. This woman had been on her face, and she would just bring it into the room. And what I want to talk to you about today, amidst other things, is the glory of God. I want to focus more on who he is today than how we can get there through spiritual disciplines. Look, spiritual disciplines are great. I want to encourage you. Read your Bible. Pray fast. Come up with your, your rule of life. Start your grief or your gratitude journal this year. Spiritual disciplines are great. I mean, I am being refreshed as I read God's word in new ways. That's not always the case. There are long seasons where I'm just like trying through, knowing I'm supposed to be in the word of God, praying he speaks to me. Right now, I'm in the book of Ecclesiastes, and I'm getting stuff. It's just, it's one of those seasons. But I encourage us to do that. But what I want to talk today is about life with Jesus, who he is. Because this whole relationship with the creator God thing is bizarre. Let's be honest. It's pretty bizarre. The fact that the creator of all of the earth, that we stand in awe and actually also knows our name, is strange. And yet we believe this because we've seen transformation in our lives, and we go after this fully. Today I want us to turn to 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18. This is the passage we'll be in. You can turn there in your pew Bibles, or you can go on your app. I also threw it on the screen for us. It's only two verses. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation, 2 Corinthians 3. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Amen. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. This is the word of the Lord. What Paul is saying to the young church of Corinth here is simply this. Behold God, and it will change you. Behold God and it will change you. Encounter his glory best revealed through the person of Jesus and it will change you. To behold, to, to ponder, to contemplate, to meditate and simply enjoy the glory of God. Piper defines the glory of God as just the going public with the beauty and the manifest holiness of who God is. 
And you see, when we behold who that is, and that is our starting point, it changes everything. You've heard me throw this up here many times, these three words, behold, believe, behave. I am just going to continue to throw it up there because I think many people are confused about this. It always starts by beholding who he is. That has to be the starting place. We stand in awe of who he is. And out of that forms a belief, out of that forms a faith where we believe he is who he says he is. He will do what he says he will do. And in response to that is our behavior. Our response is our worship, knowing what pleases and what grieves him and doing what brings him joy. Our response is to who he is. But so often the church like goes down. This is a one-way street going this way, and so often the church tries to go this way, down the wrong way. And that's called legalism, and it's dangerous, and it's toxic, and we don't want it. Because we start from this place that if I behave on my own strength to a certain level, maybe then faith will develop in my life. And if I have enough faith, maybe there's a chance. If I behave well and I show faith, maybe I'll catch a glimpse of God. It's backwards. It's nasty. It won't work. We get to just behold who he is. And that's what life with Jesus truly is. And so today we recenter. We're reminded and we expand what it means to do life with him. To behold creator God, the king of kings. What I want to do today is focus less on the how to do it and more on the why we do it. Why we get to do it. And so there's four simple statements I want to share with you this morning. Here's the first. Life with Jesus because you were created to know him. Life with Jesus because you were created. There is a void in you. As Pascal says, there is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of each man which cannot be satisfied by any created thing, but only by the creator made known through Jesus Christ. The starting point to the freedom spoken of in 2 Corinthians 3 is this. It's innate in us. There are some of you here today who don't know Jesus, but you were drawn here because he's pursuing you because there is that void in your life. And you know there's something more that you haven't experienced. And I hope that you do experience it today. And some of you, when you tell your own story, you know that's true. There was something drawing you. There was something missing in your life. There was something transcendent that you longed to experience and you found it in the person of Jesus Christ. We were created to know that. You see, I love Jesus. When you just read through his earthly life, his time on earth with his disciples, he just so badly wanted his people to understand the intimacy that they could have with creator God. Over and over, he's demonstrating it as he goes to the mountain to pray and do only the will of the Father. We see him teach it in his parables, but he so badly wanted them to get this. It's what we were created for. We are his sheep and we listen to his voice and we follow him. Second thing I see here is that life with Jesus, because we're being transformed into his image, that's the goal. Being transformed into his image is the goal. Please understand the goal of life with Jesus isn't a better life. It isn't a better life. May that happen for you, but that's not the goal. We know throughout scripture that the way of the the cross can be very costly at times. And so our pursuit is not a life that has less stress or understanding ourselves and our personality better or having some spiritual experience or being able to organize our days and our lives in a new and fresh way. Those are all good and may you be blessed with them, but the purpose is to experience him, to see his face and to behold him so that we can be transformed into his likeness. That's what Paul's getting at here in 2 Corinthians 3. In the Lord who is the Spirit, makes us more and more, and let me add, more and more like him. 
as we are changed into his glorious image, to be more like Christ. A sanctification, an inward change towards holiness in response to his goodness. A new viewpoint that puts others first, as Barbara Fletcher preached so brilliantly last week. Opened eyes to see the injustices of our world and courage to do something about it. A Christ-likeness that has a fresh outlook and looks at this world with eternity in mind. Paul so badly wanted the church in Galatia to get this. He writes in Galatians 4.19, Oh, my dear children, I feel as if I'm going through labor pains for you again, and they will continue until Christ is fully developed in your lives. First of all, let me just apologize to every mom in this room that Paul, a single man, is talking about the pain of labor. I don't understand why he decided to use this imagery. I wish it was a bad translation. This guy has understood pain. He's been shipwrecked, all these things, and he decides to use this. I guess because he realizes it's the greatest pain on earth. But that's to show just this deep desire. He wants them to get it so bad. Fully developed. Christ fully developed in you. Christ fully developed in me. That is the goal. That is the goal. May we not forget that. Life with Jesus because we were created for it. Life with Jesus because being transformed into his image is the goal. And the third thing, life with Jesus because when you see his face, it is both awe-inspiring and comforting at the same time. I believe many branches of Protestant Christianity have kind of allowed the pendulum to swing a little too far to celebrating this personal Jesus that we get to have a relationship with. Look, that is so important. That is biblical. That is good. But we cannot do so while diminishing our reverence and the awe for Creator God. We have to have a balance in these things. And may we be a church that understands this. In our next series, we're going to be looking at the book of Ezekiel. And throughout the book of Ezekiel, we see the manifest presence of God, the glory of God. In fact, in chapter 44, Ezekiel is taken up to this high place and he sees just the presence of God, the glory of God descend upon the temple and he falls on his face in reverence. May we start to fall on our face in awe of the vastness of creator God. Hebrews 1.3 says, he is the radiance of the glory of God. Jesus is the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. To do life with Jesus is to recognize who he is, his glory. John talks about it, the gospel writer, over and over. The word became flesh, a picture of the divine glory of who he is in human form here for us. And we enter into that. We sit in his presence. The one who is alpha and omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the one that holds the keys to death in the grave. Church, his name is King Jesus. Do not miss the grandeur of who he is. About 10 years ago, I visited San Francisco for the first time. And I was asked to come and speak at a church, and it was great. I got to see the Golden Gate Bridge for the first time, and it was a bridge. And I got to see Candlestick Park, this, this stadium that I saw over and over. And I got to see that row of houses that's on the beginning of Full House, you know. And I got to see all these cool things. But what struck me the most was on my last day there, my host was driving, and we were a little north of the city, and we were driving down this hill, and I didn't realize it, but all of a sudden, there was the Pacific Ocean. 
And as we drove down the hill, I saw these large rocks, and the waves were huge that day, and they were crashing on the ocean. And out of nowhere, unexpectedly, I had just a tremendous, it was incredible moment of worship. I realized the vastness of Creator God. I realized how tiny I am. And it was powerful. And it was a moment that I will never forget. May we understand His power, His glory. His vastness, may we stand in awe of it. And at the same time, may we balance it with the fact that he knows our name. That he knows our name. You see, it's why we can sing, how great is our God, and then sing, what a friend we have in Jesus. It's why we get to put our hands up and say, you have no rival, you have no equal, and then go into a singing of his goodness. I've known you as a father, I've known you as a friend. And so while I've had these, these experiences of his grandeur and the vastness of who he is, he's big, I'm not, I'm small, I've also experienced that personal comforting presence of who he is. A few years ago, I went through just this time where I just, I wanted to see the face of Jesus. So I just began praying, I want to see your face, I want to see your face, I want to see your face. I was in this routine where I'm an accomplishing person, I was seeking after his hands more than his face, and so I just started fasting and praying, let me see your face. I did it for a year and I never saw his face and I just kind of gave up. A couple months after that, I was, I was taking a graduate class in New York and I remember two of my mentors were praying over me and it happened. I saw his face. I'll never forget the vision that I was given because it showed me that he knows me, that he knows me so well because I was stuck in this rut of just every time praying to Jesus, Jesus, what are we going to accomplish together? What are we going to accomplish together for the kingdom? What are we going to do? It's my, it's my brokenness. That's my brokenness. But what happened in the vision? I'm in Europe. I'm on this mountainside. There's this highway coming. I'm standing on the side of the highway. There's this tunnel that comes through the side of the mountain and out of it just comes this Volkswagen, antique Volkswagen convertible. It is flying towards me and all of a sudden he slams on the brakes and it's Jesus. It's Jesus and he looks at me and he says, Rob, get in. Let's go have fun. We're not accomplishing anything today. Let's go have fun. Part of his glory is there to be enjoyed. And so while I know the vastness of who he is and I've had those experiences, I've also encountered his face and it is so personal. And he knew my name. And he knew what I needed to hear in that moment. And the same is true for you. And so may we as a church continue to find that balance of his grandeur and his personal touch in our lives. Life with Jesus because we were created for it. Life with Jesus because transformation is the goal. Life with Jesus because when you see his face, it is both awe-inspiring and comforting. And finally, the fourth thing, life with Jesus because when you encounter his power, it deepens belief. Church family, he's been moving in power. And we believe he will continue to move in power. And we pray that you embrace it. Because it's not weird. It's the transcendent. It's him meeting us where we need to be met. May we, like Paul in Galatians 3.10, cry out, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. That power is available to us. It's available to us. We've been experiencing it, and I pray that we continue to experience his still, soft voice, his presence in the room, the power when we speak and mention his name, the healing that I believe will come for many of us relationally, physically. 
May we experience the unexplainable and the weight of his glory, the breaking of strongholds and new levels of freedom for many of us. May we encounter his power. And when we do so, may we realize he is who he says he is. And may it deepen our faith as a church community. You see, when we behold the one who laid down his life on the cross, when we experience the power that he has purchased for us, the authority that we get to work in and walk in, it inspires a level of humility, of service, and response of worship. We behold Jesus. We believe in him. And our behavior comes from that, in that order. When we do life with Jesus, we experience his glory and his grace and we respond. Not in an attempt to own and earn a moment with the creator, but simply because we get to experience his glory. And so church family, my question for you this morning is how are you doing in your life with Jesus? Is it transforming who you are? Have you experienced his power in new and fresh ways in your life in the past couple of months, in the last few weeks? Have you ever caught a glimpse of his face or experienced the weight of his glory? If not, I believe this year you're going to experience some new things. Last Monday on Labor Day, I spent some time just praying through what I was going to speak today. And over and over, I just kept hearing the phrase, expand your expectations, expand your expectations. And so Salem Alliance Church, those of you joining us on live stream as well, can I encourage you, expand your expectations. As you do life with Jesus, would you come expectant, expand your expectations. Throughout scripture, we're given examples of God pursuing men and women, but we're also given examples of men and women pursuing God. Some of you need to wrestle with God like Jacob wrestled with God. Some of you need to enter a space of prayer and say, I am not leaving this place until I hear from you. Church family, let's increase that level of anticipation. May we experience the weight of his glory, the profound the whispers and the shouts of his voice. May we experience the healing and the awe. I'm not sure what he wants to do today, this week, or even in this new year that we're kicking off, but I'm expectant, and I pray that you are as well. This morning, what I would love for us to do is simply stand, and I would love to just make some space for him to show up, to make some space for him to speak to us, For some of you, I believe he wants to give you a glimpse of his face. For some of you, I believe that he wants to whisper. For some of you, he just wants to give you a piece that you can't explain this morning. So what I want to do is I'd encourage you to stand with me. We're going to do a simple thing called palms down and palms up. If you're willing, would you stand even now? And would you put your palms out and put them down? We do this in spirit. We we just, we release our cares to you. We relinquish control. And we surrender our hearts, our burdens to you. You might want to pray if there's, you're dealing with some anger or unforgiveness. Maybe there's something that you're just worrying about today. There's a fear that you need to release. Go ahead and release that now. And so we shake those things off. We take a deep breath. We turn our hands over in anticipation, ready to receive, and we invite you, Spirit, to show us your glory. We are still, and we recognize that you are God.
speak to us. Thank you, King of Kings. We worship you, the one who knows the name of every one of us in this room. Continue to reveal your glory to us this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Salem Alliance podcast. We hope you have been challenged and inspired. Salem Alliance is a community of believers located in downtown Salem, Oregon, and we are passionate about our city being a city at peace with God. To experience other messages and discover more about who we are, please visit salemalliance.org or download the Salem Alliance app. And again, thanks for listening.